it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We have our resident guru with us again today, Pat Greenberg. Hello, Pat. Hello, Denise. How are you? People don't know that you and Cindy and I just brainstormed for 45 minutes before we even started this podcast about all the things we want to talk about in the future. Absolutely. If you do not know my friend, Pat Greenberg, Pat is helping to lead the revolution with eat well, live well, age well. And so we're talking today, and I know people think this is an easy subject that they've heard many times, Pat. I want to talk about healthier eating. That's it. I'm not talking diets. I'm not talking anything. I'm talking healthier eater eating. And Pat made a list for us. We're going to go through them because I think if there is ever a time, people are more confused now than they are than ever before. And what I saw this in a chain, a recently a stream in, um, on Facebook, people are saying, well, remember the fat-free thing was a lie. I remember because I wrote those cookbooks for several celebrities. Then they were saying, well, salt's not the enemy. The egg, uh, do you remember the horrible campaign against eggs? and oh. I mean, that was just, so I think, Pat, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This is what you wrote and I'm stealing. We all want to get a handle on our healthy eating, but the information is so confusing. Whether you're needing to lose weight, get more fit, or just find new and nutritious ways to eat. That's what we're talking about right. today. I know this, Pat. I've changed my eating habits a lot since I've retired. I lost some weight to begin with. Now I'm just trying to get fitter. Do you know what I mean? I'm not yes. diet. Because the minute I use the word diet, I, I go eat a chocolate eclair and have two glasses of red wine. It's not an effective word for me. So I want to eat healthier. And I know that you have been so helpful to so many people. Now, in case people also don't know this about you, Patricia Greenberg, a.k.a. the Fitness Gourmet, will decipher the information and get it down to the basics for an effortless approach to a healthy kitchen. I love it. Denise, you know, thank you so much for your encouraging words, because it is it is, I, you know, those of us who've been in the field who actually are degreed in our professions and have been doing this for a very, very long time. Um, someone just comes up the pike selling a pill or a powder or a whatever, and uh, they undo all the hard work that we've put in to letting people know that it is so simple and so basic and it's just gotten so convoluted and so difficult. And that's on that was completely unnecessary. In our, in, I'll tell you one thing, Pat. My mother always said everything in moderation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was right. You can have a little sugar, but just don't put three heaping tablespoons in your coffee. Right. You, and one other thing, and then we're go down Pat's list. Pat and I were talking about no, Pat. Somebody was talking about something in a stream on Facebook, and a man who's a chef but not a nutritionist said. Story isn't good for you. Do you remember that? And yes. I said back to him, I think, I won't say his name, I think that a whole lot of nutritionalists and cookbook authors and scientists might disagree with you on that one. Now, Pat, you already know, I don't eat a lot of soy because I do, I've tested a slight allergy to soy. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, but I get congested if I eat too much soy, just like okay. some people get congested with too much white flour. Who knows? Right. But 
you came in finally. And what I loved you the most, you just said, that's interesting. You'd have to tell all of the angels. That that, and I started to laugh because it was better than what I had said, because having been in the Asia a lot, I've taught in Japan, China, and Malaysia. There was more soy there because that's how they're, they're basis for it and their people live longer they're in blue zones and they're healthy so for that man it was such an example of him just saying soy isn't good for you he didn't know what he was talking about he heard it somewhere from a a pseudo nutritionist or a, a product promotion of some sort and this exactly. is what we fight every single day um and i and i want to you know i want to tell you denise we have the nuts and bolts i gave you the top 10 of yes. you know having a healthy diet but there's so many avenues off of that that we can discuss. So just, you know, Absolutely. I'll jump in, you jump in, and we can okay. just go through and, and you tell me what you have questions about and hopefully I can answer them. No matter what meal you're eating or what's on your plate, always start with a big glass of water. Okay. Why do I mention that? Dehydration is the number one killer of people as they age. God almighty. It isn't like we always hear men don't pay attention to their diet or, you know, women don't pay attention to this or that. It, it's it's everybody's an equal opportunity offender here. OK, you uh, there there seems to be where did the eight to 10 glasses a day come from? Okay. Right. Well, it's against it's balanced against what we call a normal body weight. What is the average woman in the United States? Five foot four and one hundred and forty seven pounds. Okay. I'm not saying it's good or bad. That's the average. And you know what it is? That's right about normal. You're okay. not terribly overweight. You're not terribly underweight. Some women in the five foot four, it can range from be 115 all the way up to 160 and still be healthy. So get it out of your head that you weigh too much or not enough. There's a range and it's wide, very, very wide. But what happens is if you don't keep your body hydrated, your brain slows down, your digestion slows down, your skin becomes dry. And Denise, something you and I have talked about in the past, your vascular system does not run efficiently. And so water, water, water. Now, let me tell you, if you're not inclined to drink those eight to 10 glasses a day, if you can get six, if you can drink water while you're walking, take a little bottle of water with you. If you're sitting down and watching a movie, have a little bottle of water with you. Keep it next to your bed. Do you know what people argue with me? And I understand it. They say to me, if I drink water all day, I have to get up and pee at night. So I consulted a urologist and a gynecologist specifically about this matter. And I said, what do we do? The gynecologist said, I'd rather you peed all night than not been hydrated. And the urologist said, get the same amount of water in, maybe just do it earlier in the day. So there are two approaches to this, right? You can drink water all day, you can space it out, but somewhere in that day, um, I'll give you this sort of blanket equivalence, a liter or a quart is four cups. If you can get two of those a day, you're golden. Secondly, if you drink coffee or tea, it counts towards your water. And lastly, why do I keep telling you to eat fruits and vegetables? There's a multitude of reasons, but fruits and vegetables are another source of water. So if yeah. you're not going to sit and drink water all day, but you have some berries and you have an apple and you have some peppers with your dinner, every little bit counts. You guys know my moniker, Patricia Greenberg, the fitness gourmet bite-sized solutions. And that's exactly what they are. They are bite-sized solutions. 
every piece of pepper, every bite of apple, every drink of water, including bananas and grapes um, and spinach salad. You have that in your refrigerator. I'm yes. not sending you out somewhere to go somewhere to find some obscure product that somebody's selling to you. Um, I'm I'm picking on goju berries or <clears throat> it's not necessarily them or uh, the the elixir of life is going and sucking an aloe vera plant. I mean, you've heard all this stuff before. Yeah. And the mangosteen and this exotic fruit from the from the Amazon is what you should be eating to stay well. No, just open your refrigerator door and take out an orange. You know what, Pat? I have to say this. I've had every bad habit in the history of mankind. Drugs, alcohol, yeah. smoking, sex. <laughs> and I loved every minute of it, too, when I did it. I know. Damn straight. That's, that's what I call living well. But let me tell you what I do know. I started, when I was 21 or 22, drinking two quarts of water a day. I don't know why. I just always did. And do you know it? When I go at 71... Every physical, the doctor says the same thing. He goes, Jesus, Denise, your organs are like a 30-year-old. I said, water, yeah. I drink water. So right. I'm, a, I'm a full believer in the water, baby. And for your skin, and I have friends, I can when I'm with them, they they don't like water. Oh, I hate water. I don't drink water. You can see their skin is flaky. Right. They'll, the say, right. they'll yeah. see my skin's so dry. I'll say, drink water. Mm -hmm. I love what you said. Okay, number two. Start out by only... Eat, only eat treats outside of the house. Now, this is so important. Only eat treats outside of the house. Celebrations at restaurants, party, milestones, events are fine. But keeping your kitchen clean, in parentheses, will keep you on track. Now, see, this is, Pat, don't bring, the, I always hear people, I say to my husband, don't bring that home. Right. If you four donuts home an hour after they're in the house there are no donuts but we didn't have donuts in the house so don't bring donuts in the house now i want to really really differentiate between not having it in the house and deprivation and you know okay, what i mean by that. please so uh i feel deprived if i don't have a cake in the house or a bag of chips or a, you know i hear this all the time and i say to people the food addiction is real Oh. And geez, this is something it's actually number 10, but I'm going to, I'm going to roll this all back. You know, everything oh. I say is related. Everything in yeah. life is one giant circle, right? We know that it all comes back and it's all related, whether it's food, fitness, emotional. Okay. So you can, if you like potato chips, you like corn chips, you like, um, you know, we, we, uh, we love that aisle at Trader Joe's buy the smaller ones or take a big bag of chips and put them in little Ziplocs. Um, take Denise, it's five minutes to take out a, a, a bag of sandwich bags and your potato chip bag and uh, portion out eight to 10 bags, let's say. And when you feel like having some potato chips, you take the portion bag. It's not that much work. The Perfect. problem with not having anything is people feel deprived. Yes, so you're right. Don't have treats in the house. I don't mean it like don't have absolutely nothing, you know, have little things that you like, but manage the portions of it. Because you're going to look at, you're going to eat three or four and you're going to go, wow, I just ate three or four bags of the potato chips. If you yes. have a giant bag that you stick your hand in, you'll have no idea. Uh, it's it's right. like managing money. How much money is in my bank? That's How right. many potato chips are in my bag? <laughs> right? And the portion um, control. The I portion, wanna, I, portion control, but I really, really want to emphasize 
I cannot tell you how much I love to celebrate birthdays, anniversaries. Oh, yeah. Me, the best holiday, regardless of all the religious and national holidays, is your birthday. That is the best holiday of the year for each and every one of us. So celebrate. I love carrot cake with all the cream cheese frosting on it. Oh, wow. So we go out and we get one, or if we bring one home, we just bring enough for everybody. The abundance is a misconception. It is a post-depression era mentality that we haven't recovered from. You don't need to buy quadruple of what you need because you may run out of food. We are no longer in that space. We don't have to be. And I think that's where, when I say keeping the treats and the extras out of the house, it's the abundance of extras that's even more important to pay attention to. Well said. No, it's true. It's absolutely the truth. And this is the last, we're moving on, but portion control is my favorite because I was having lunch with Jenny Craig, the real Jenny Craig. She's lovely. She was lovely. I had helped her on a tour with her very first book. But to make the bottom line, we were at the Beverly Hills Hotel. She said, let's have dessert. We ordered something. I don't know if it was, the, I don't think that was the real portion. I think the hotel, the restaurant gave us, the Polo Lounge gave us a gigantic one because right. it was Jenny Craig. Right, right. And then came this cake with whipped cream and everything. But Pat, it was bigger than my head. Yeah. Jenny Craig picked up her spoon that he put it between us and took like two bites and said, that's divine. I'm with my fork. I've been there eating that tower. I'm, I'm sure the whipped cream was dripping down right. my and she turned to me and said, you know, Denise, portion control is really key. Right. <laughs> now, it's the only thing that got me to put down my fork or spoon. I was probably using both. But anyway, you're great tips. Number three, every meal should include a serving of fruits and vegetables. Pizza with veggies is a perfect example. So you're going to go to a fast food restaurant. It's fine. Even if you have the burger, order it with lettuce and tomato and onion. It's a tiny little smidge, but it makes a difference. It, it adds fiber. It adds vitamins. It adds water and it adds bulk. Right. So yep. you get pizza. I love pizza. And when I get together with my childhood friends, when I go to New York, we all go to the pizza place that we grew up going to. Oh. And you order broccoli or eggplant on it. It's yeah. tiny, it's little, but it makes a huge difference. So I'm not saying don't have it. I'm saying make sure, I'm because I'm not reprimanding you or giving you a hard time, you see the physiology, you see the breakdown of how anything fruit and vegetable in your diet, uh, just adding that extra one circles back to the hydration and the nutrition. Will There'll always be a little bit there in your body, regardless of what you're eating. It's that's also, I think, Pat, you're you're making the mindset. Do you know what I mean? You're right. so have the lettuce and tomato on your burger and or put some extra veggies on your pizza. It's the mindset. It's a mindset of not just salami and cheese. OK. Any protein, any protein will do beef, chicken, fish, beans. My go to is eggs. I keep a dozen hard-boiled eggs in my refrigerator at all times. When you come home and you're starving and you want to grab something to eat, um, cut up an apple, 
with some peanut butter and a hard-boiled egg. It is a full meal. It is satiating. It gives you all the nutrients you need. Again, you've got that protein. Let's talk about the relationship between protein and high cholesterol. Excellent. Uh, it isn't black and white where your body manufactures more cholesterol than others. Yes, that's true. I have, uh, and you guys know this, I've run 20 marathons and 115 half marathons, and I still... Um, I'm in my 60s. So I've changed my fitness. I do yoga and I do walking and stair climbing and weight training. I do all that stuff uh, with a lot less intensity. Um, my cholesterol has been astronomical my whole adult life. I'm, I run like in the 260 ballpark. So I get my ratios checked regularly. I go, I'm, I, I go to cardiologists. I make sure I'm on top of it. But what we're learning now is it's the sheer abundance again Denise, instead of three ounces of protein, we're having a 12 ounce steak, three potatoes, four pieces of bread, and a giant piece of chocolate cake, that and abdominal fat, that's what's elevating your cholesterol. It's not the fact that you had one or two slices of roast beef, or you ate some pork, or you had one night went out and had a chicken Parmesan because it's absolutely delicious. It's the continued abundance and too much of each one that's causing the problem. Pat, this was an example. You're absolutely right. We went to the first time in years to the Cheesecake Factory. Okay. There, and I used to, I used to sell fish to the original kid that owned his name was David. His mother made the cheesecakes. They had one store in Beverly Hills. I mean, this is how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> but we went, we were over at the shopping center. We haven't been in one in 20 years, but we both wanted different foods. And of course, right, they're okay. they have everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it's clean food. It's always clean. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty clean. So, and we, so we went to make long story short, I was able to have the chicken tacos. They were small. I'd seen them go by, not too big mm -hmm. with back beans and some other vegetable. Anyway, I ate them. I couldn't eat all the tacos. There were four. They were small. I only ate three. I took one home, but there were beans and vegetables on there. And I thought, this is fantastic. Do you know what I mean? This is, and the calorie count was not horrendous. They have right. calorie. But my husband ordered the Chinese chicken salad and he was amazed because the chicken was still warm yeah but do you know what pat on that salad there were almost two full breasts and he only ate half and we right. brought home and he ate the rest later but still the portion control because that's always what they've been part of their thing is these huge portions. the abundance of a portion right mm -hmm. you're talking about so if you clean your plate you've eaten too much yes Yes. And here's what I want to throw in while we're talking about. That's why I said each item we're going to go over has to do with abundance and balance and how it yes. relates to other things you're eating. So the restaurants, um, th this is part of the the marketing. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's toxic or harmful. I'm not going to get into that whole arena, but that it's value for the dollar. So I cook, you cook, uh, Cindy cooks. But all those people who don't, especially the younger generation, they can't be bothered or they're too busy and they want value for the dollar. So Absolutely. to them, an enormous quantity of food is value. And people always say to me, Cheesecake Factory is a perfect example. Or one of these restaurants, I go and it was too much food. So I brought the rest home for my lunch tomorrow. Um, and some people can eke out three meals out of some of these restaurant portions. Right. So I get that. But there's a huge, huge segment of our population 
especially with age, this is why I want to address this, that it's, damn it, if I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat all I want. I'm 70 years old. I earned it. I understand that. I really do. Especially if you've had a hard life where you came from a poor background and pulled yourself up and you said, I finally reached a point in my life where I can afford to eat wherever I want to go. So I'm going to go wherever I want to go. I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat. My father had this mentality. I'd say he had congestive heart failure. I said, daddy, this, this salt is going to kill you. I don't care. I'm 70, whatever years old. Pat, I eat, we eat a whole lot of chicken. We eat ground turkey here. I do, we eat steaks, but what we've done exactly what you're talking about, what 10 years ago, what I used to serve, I now cut in half and that's our portion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at first Kenny said to me, and the, the plate is a little tiny piece of protein in these gigantic mound of green beans and mushrooms. Yes. Once in a while, Kenny says to me, is there any more steak? I go, no. No, there isn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, are so, I don't. We don't even eat. You know when those, hor- but they're air chilled and they're my favorite. Sometimes the chicken breast is so large. Yes. I can chicken breast in half. We don't even need that because that's an eight ounce chicken breast. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, but what Cindy and I have done in cookbooks and when we were busy, what I don't agree with. Pat, and I understand if you're vegan, I don't like those fake meats. Okay, let's talk about the fake meats. Um, I wrote the definitive book called The Whole Soy Cookbook in 1998. You all remember I was a, a star for a couple of years there because that's all everybody was eating. I think <laughs> I had a full-time job for seven years out of that book. But here's the reality of it. Soy, and this we'll, we'll talk about the vegan alternatives. That is the beans- um, <clears throat> the meat alternatives, if they are in their natural form, which would be tofu, tempeh is fermented soybean cakes, seitan for everybody's education here, seitan is also called wheat meat. When you knead dough to get it to the point where it's stringy and ready to be turned into a bread, they rinse all the excess flour off and that hunk of rubber we know is gluten is what seitan is. Yes. So it is high protein because gluten is the protein portion of wheat. So for those of you who want to be gluten-free or think you need to be gluten-free or don't understand gluten-free, gluten is a protein found in wheat. And when it is grows, when sugar is added to it and heat, it grows into long strands. And that's where you get the French baguette, the um, the challah breads, the, the, the French breads. When you add a lot of butter or shortening to it, it, the strands are halted, and so the strands are shorter, and the baked good is crumbly. That's what shortbread is, or shortbread cookies. So the more butter, the shorter the gluten strand. So that's what I want to explain what gluten is. And I went off on that tangent because it is a protein. The best source of protein for you is a mix. So you get a little bit from soy, you can get some from wheat, and the wide variety of beans, and some Uh, vegetables naturally occurring in nature have a little bit of protein in them. But why I recommend for people to go to eggs and fish and chicken is it's readily available. Most people can tolerate it. You have it in the house. The vegans would disagree with me, but in order to be vegan, it's a full-time job to manage your kitchen and manage your ingredients. And it's okay if you're willing to do it. Most people aren't. And milk products, again, 
if you do a little homework on it, when we, you know, I'm talking about the protein sources of dairy. If you're vegetarian and you're only going to eat cheese, I just recommend, we all know, I don't, I don't think I have to explain it, but I will. American cheese is not good for you. Cheese <laughs> that's dyed orange is not good for you. Um, cheese that's highly processed into slices. I don't care if they call it, you know, fresh Gouda and Munster and cheddar and you're already you're already way past the natural form of cheese. So I say go buy a good block of mozzarella. You can even find it at Trader Joe's and some of the more mainstream supermarkets and cheese sticks. They're pretty benign. Goat cheese, sheep cheese and uh, blue cheese. Munster and Gouda are good if you buy it in the form that it was made in, not a processed slice in a package. Okay. Also, pay very close attention to your pull dates on on uh, animal products, both meat, cheese, fish. Um, and, you know, it really does have an expiration date. We can fudge it with some other things, but with those products, because what I've learned recently is the longer <clears throat> a meat or a fish or an egg product sits out, uh, the more it breaks down, even if it's, a, if it's in the refrigerator and properly wrapped. So I encourage you, if you're going to have those products, Buy it as close to freshly put out as possible and use it closely. I'm even getting out of freezing meats. I don't want them in my, I, I don't know that it's good to eat a piece I, of meat that's been in the freezer for three or four months. I get it. I know. I, I think that too. I don't keep things that long. I do keep all, because I go like once a month and buy good beef, the right. organic chicken right. or air chilled that I like and I break the packages down but I I wouldn't say I would think they're not more than two two months old but I know what you mean I've thought I'm wondering how many nutrients I'm losing that way yeah yeah but it Pat I it, that's a convenience thing I shop enough now do you know what I mean yeah, and I yes, yes I don't shop anymore I am thrilled what you said and here's the other reason because of what I didn't like about Impossible Meats when you were touching on vegans, and I agree with you, you have to be vigilant to be a vegan in this society, down to the oil that you're using and everything. But Cindy and I helped a woman. It was a huge cookbook came out, and the name, unfortunately, was called Fresh. I don't know if you remember. Okay. She was married to a studio um, head. But the bottom line, she used all, we had to go to the store. Only store in those days was Whole Foods that had right. this all the fake chicken and the stuff. When we looked at the ingredients on the packages of that, Cindy and I burst out laughing and I said, well, why don't we just mix up a quart of, you know, saccharin tablets and eat that? Right, know? right, exactly, yep. <laughs> well, what other chemicals can we get into? I mean, it was, it was not cool. It was not cool. So I, people have to find their own way with that, I think. So I have a little plug because I know they don't, they don't, uh, they're very neutral towards all of us. What we do is Trader Joe's is that they sell smaller portions. They sell fresh food. Yes. Very transparent about the ingredients in all their food. And they're yes. very transparent about the way it's prepared. So Beyond Burger, Impossible Burger, Light Life, all these soy food and meat, and like we call them meat analogs um, companies, um, they all have different strengths and weaknesses. But yeah. always go for the one. If it's soy, you want soy protein. If it's wheat, you want wheat, wheat protein or pea protein or bean protein. You don't want, again, I don't even have to tell you if the list of chemicals are too long or you can't pronounce it, don't buy it. That's just, that's the bottom line. I'm well, not here to put anybody out of business, but no. it's something you should pay attention to, both for dairy like and meat products. Yeah. 
Breads should be sourdough or whole grain. If I could get rid of anything in the world, it would be white bread. I get, you know what, honey? I was going to say, see, I grew up on sourdough bread. And I, I don't buy white bread anymore. Actually, I buy this one. It's like Trader Joe's has it. It's called their high protein seed bread. Yeah. It's not the keto because I bought some of the keto and I can't eat it. That doesn't taste like bread to me, but I get the high protein seed bread and, and that's delicious. And you don't even need white bread. If you, I mean, it makes toast. It's good for sandwiches. Absolutely. I mean, any kind. So what we want to do is that, again, I'm not picking on white bread is the big no. bad evil in itself. And what it is, it doesn't have any nutritional value. So it's kind of like not worth the calories to me. If you That's get a, a seeded or a nine grain, I buy the nine grain, the multi-grain with seeds and nuts in the bread or coating on the bread. And sourdough is a fermented food product. And now we know more and more about the microbiome, which is the lining of our digest our intestinal tract from the stomach all the way down to uh, getting rid of it is um, that we want to keep that lining strong, uh, breaking down our foods, absorbing our nutrients, and high fiber diet diets help this process tremendously. And probiotics and fermented foods such as uh, sourdough bread, um, sauerkraut, um, fermented soybeans, uh, anything in the cabbage family, the cruciferous family is the best uh, family within vegetables for you to keep your biome strong. White bread, I, for lack of a better, let's go old school. It clogs you up. Okay, gotcha. that's what it does. And so if you, uh, and listen, you want to go to, you know, here in Los Angeles at Pink's Hot Dog or any of these fast food places, go and get a hot dog bun. Um, I'm not telling you don't eat it, but really, really do that sparingly because it does has a very detrimental effect on your digestive system. And your digestive system really dictates how the rest of your body's going to work. You need to get the toxins out and the nutrients yep. in, and that's critical. So that's why I'm adamant about that. And also, Denise, let's go back to basics. When you have a hamburger and you have the hamburger bun and the French fries, you've you've upped that that white factor, right? And the yep. uh, so I, you know, if you can get a whole grain bun or uh, eat it open face, so you don't eat the whole the whole um, bun, you just eat the burger and the vegetables or whatever it is your a sandwich you're having on it. I mean, we all, I mean, I grew up on Jewish deli. I know I know a lot of people did and that was enough food. Each sandwich was enough food for seven people. <laughs> and um and then the pickles loaded in the salt and by the time you you're a heart attack waiting to happen at 9 yeah. years old, right? I will and, say that I agree with you. I I I'm amazed that it, most restaurants I don't care if they're a chain or anything. If you ask for whole wheat bread or seven grain bread, even Denny's, uh, we were, yeah. Denny's now has seven grain bread. I thought that's impressive. Do you know what I mean? So people are getting, understand that. I need to say this. I cooked a, uh, a corned beef over the weekend, but it might, because Saturday I was refinishing this fast. Oh my God, you'd think I was running a furniture store. Anyway, to make long story short, I cooked corned beef. I would say I cook two corned beefs a year, Pat, at most. Do you know what I mean? I have one at St. Patrick's Day. And sometimes in the middle of it, even if it's warm weather, Kenny says, God, I could eat corned beef. And I buy a when we have a sandwich. One of my dearest friends says the thing, oh, and she's Jewish, says to, says to me, oh, it's so fatty and salty and so bad for you. And I said, 
I, if you ate it every day, yeah. but yeah. I you're only eating it twice a year. And also, you know, it's not like Pat, I, I don't know about you. I remember fatty corned beefs. They don't even oh, cut a sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't even, I, I sear mine before I put it in the water and there's barely fat there. Right. right. But the other thing was I said, Carol, in my career, Pat, I did not once, but twice. I don't know how I got these gigs. I did Nate and Al's and mm -hmm. Ken brought me in to write down recipes for them and bring, you know, and the and first pull their kitchen together. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And my first words out of my mouth is we don't need to build quite so much food on the plate to which they said, no, we have to, it's a Jewish jelly. But I said, well, let's get smaller plates. And then right. they said, well, that's not a bad idea to me. So the sandwich still looked big, but the bottom line was, the people that ate those restaurants every day were 101 years old. I know, I know. It was their comfort food, yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't tell, all I know is the room was filled with 100-year-old men in, with tummies eating that salty corned beef every day, and they were okay. alive. Yep, yep. Um, so, again, it's, you know, it, it's all about, um, that's why I said I don't want you to be unhappy and feel deprived. No. Um, I love this next tip of yours. Instead of a candy bar, a bowl of nuts and chocolate chips. Yeah, my little go-to uh, snack at night. My husband loves Almond Joys and um, these chocolate bars. So we got in the habit of getting a semi-sweet dark chocolate. Those of us who've worked in kitchens, we love the semi-sweet, the unsweetened. Just be eating right off of the guitar block was heaven, right? That's right. And, uh, or break it and they'll take that little piece that came off the end before you melted it. Um, so I still do that as I take uh, semi-sweet or dark chocolates, and now everything is a everything is a uh, has a label whether it's seventy-two percent or sixty yes. percent cacao in it and uh, unsweetened and lightly sweetened. I just take a, a good dark chocolate chocolate chips, mix them with almonds in a bowl, and oh. instead of a chocolate bar. And again, now that one. Mm -hmm. And I've done this, Pat. What I did in the time we retired. You were talking about portion control. It's the same thing. I used to take a bowl, pretty little bowl, like I was having a glass of wine, this big, and I would put almonds in it. And I would have those salty almonds before I would, while, while I'm cooking dinner. And then one day I, I just, in my hand, saw how many almonds it was. And I switched to a smaller bowl. And guess what? It was plenty. So right. I, and I, when I think of you mixing walnuts and chocolate chips, if you put it in a nice little bowl and make that a treat and eat them one by one, you're, you have saved yourself, I don't know, 500 calories. I don't oh, know. At least not only that, it's like I put it in the little glass ramekin, little tiny um, uh, condiment plate, if you will, for, for the benefit of the audience is little tiny glass bowls that you might put even, uh, they're a little bigger than a salt well, but you put it in and I put in a little spoon. So when I have company, people can spoon a little bit if they're going to have a scoop of ice cream for dessert or a little yeah. piece of cake. You just spoon a little bit on. I love this tip of yours. You said instead of straight up soda, add seltzer to it. I understand the the the, the benefits of it. It's refreshing. It gives mm -hmm. you a little kick, a, a can of uh, the top colas that we've all been drinking our whole entire lives. Um, it's so delicious. It's so ad addicting. It's refreshing. Addicting. So can we talk about which we we keep circling back? There's never enough time in the day with you, Denise. I'm telling I you. I know. Um, where we talk about a, a childhood 
belief and a child, a comfort food is a, a bottle of cola is very comforting to so many people our age that grew up having that Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, all the brands, Dr. Brown soda in a can that you would get at these delis. Um, but the amount of sugar and additives in it, we're knowing diet, regular, whatever it is, I would say 50% or less. So 50%, even root beer, 50% of the root beer and 50% of plain seltzer just cuts that sugar in half. It doesn't give you such a hard rush because with age, caffeine does turn on you. I don't care how much you love your coffee. I you agree. can't get away with huge amounts of caffeine with age. So 50-50 to me is you still get your soda. You still get that wonderful flavor. And if you want to step it up a little bit more, um, I often take a seltzer and I put not only lemon or, or lime in it, I put an orange or a little bit of hit, a, hit of juice. We take seltzer and put a little dip of pomegranate juice in it. So yeah. it feels like, um, you know, a flavored soda um, and it's delicious and hits the spot. And you don't, you don't even have to do a calorie count on it. You know, just exactly. say, just going to have a little little taste, a little refresher, and it just tastes so delicious and it hits the spot. If you reach a point where you're getting older and you're paying attention to your alcohol consumption, and uh, sometimes we want to have a spritzer or a glass of wine, if you're feeling like, or if you're restricted medically for any reason, these drinks with a little bit of juice and a uh, a lemon or lime wedge and some seltzer really can hit the spot on wanting that feeling of a mixed drink or something refreshing or something of a treat. It is so true and so easy. I candy buys sugar free. I don't know what the chemicals are. I'm not going to look, but sugar free ginger beer. Okay. Now, I, I'm not a soft drink uh, drinker. If they're in the house, sure, I'll drink it. But I'm not. And when Cindy and I were out on sets and there was cold diet Cokes right. and like Pringles potato chips, the two of us would sneak off to the craft service table. And I'd think to myself, thank you, God. Yeah. Now, but back this, uh, Kenny's been buying this sugar-free ginger beer. I I put a squeeze of fresh orange juice in it. It tastes exactly like a cocktail. Right. You don't Right. Mm -hmm. Don't have to put. I don't need a glass of wine. It's it, it's. I keep saying to Kenny, he says no wine tonight. Said I'm having my ginger beer. It's like a cocktail. And, and then you can buy you can buy variations of those that have reduced sugars that don't have a lot of artificial in it. There are some very nice natural brands of these ginger sodas and root beers that are a little lighter. So I again read the label and I highly recommend it. Um, and you're right, Pat. Here's the thing. I only have. Every other couple of days, I have a cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee anymore. I couldn't, I, it may be too jittery. It wasn't good. I couldn't, I didn't feel well. I drink tea, green tea and black tea. But now, and this is, I mean, I, I, I can barely voice this. I can't have more than one glass of red wine. So wine that I have loved all my life. And now as I'm going to France next week and then Italy, and <laughs> I think, boy, this is a bad time to find this out. But literally, I stopped drinking wine most of the nights on the weekend if I want a glass. Do you know how much better I sleep? I, know. I mean, one glass of wine at 70 interrupts my sleep. That never happened in my life. So it was the same way I knew that coffee was interrupting it. And I said to Kenny the other night, I am so disappointed that I am going to have to stop drinking red wine. 
but I am. And that's, it's just, it's kind of been a natural progression. I just, I was doing different things. And as I'm exercising more and I thought I, my body doesn't metabolize even one glass of wine like it used to. Right. Exactly. So, you know, in, we talked about uh, portions already. So I want to, for our next tip to talk about alcohol consumption and how do we manage okay. it. So firstly, uh, the three, the three, uh, the three top three is a glass of wine, a, a bottle of beer or a mixed drink, right? Okay. Those are the three things that we always say. I am with you, Denise. I have a little bit of wine and it's nice. I have a little bit more. I'm on the, not on the floor, literally, but, and, and I'm up all night and I weigh like three more pounds the next morning, just because yep. it, it stimulates your appetite. Four ounces of wine, a 12 ounce glass of beer and a one ounce shot of alcohol should be your max. Gotcha. And not every day. Now, I want to talk about the the conflicting information. The American Heart Association is recommending one alcoholic beverage a day for heart health. The American Cancer Society is telling you now that alcohol is a neurotoxin and you shouldn't drink it. So who do we listen to? Okay. I know. Very, very confusing. Again, I consulted a cardiologist and an oncologist, a medical oncologist, about both of these, both in previous shows and just for research for the book. And what they both said is it depends, like everybody tells you. If you have an ailment where uh, alcohol is contraindicated, do not drink it at all, okay? have If you want the, um, the antioxidants that come with wine, have a glass of grape juice. If you're in your 30s and you're relatively uh, well and there isn't anything wrong, a glass of beer you know, with your pizza watching the football game isn't the worst thing in the world. If you have anything life-threatening, I highly recommend you stay away from alcohol altogether. Nerve diseases, cancers, things like that. If you're older and again, you're relatively healthy, not just for your age, that you know yeah. you don't have yeah. very much wrong and you're pretty able body. Um, pick a night. I pick Friday nights. That's when we're home with the family. That's when I have my glass of red wine. I too was on the bandwagon. Well, let me have a little bit every day. Let me not have six drinks on the weekend. I'll have a, yeah. a four to six ounce pour every night. I found myself tired. I found it disruptive. I found myself overeating. Um, it does turn on you with age, whether you want yeah. to admit it or not. That's why 60 is not the new 40. 60 yeah. is the new 60. Pat, and it's, I, the same, it's the same with all, with everything is if you <laughs> feel a little weighted down, a little bloated, you haven't been sleeping well, and I tell my 21-year-old daughter this too. Look back the last three days. What have you been eating? You know, yes. something different. Did you have a little bit too much last night? Now we know. We used to slough it all off as I'm tired or I didn't get an or I'm old. I'm 60. Who can get out of bed at 60? A lot of people should be getting out of bed at 60. Um, what yeah. is I love, Pat, and thank you so much. One, and your last point you said was stick with foods you enjoy and life should always be happy. See, right. this is why, and I'm so grateful you say that. If you know something's not working for you, you're not happy. You right. know what I mean? And right. So if you, so I, I love your advice. The other reason I love it is this. See, I hate all those t-shirts that say, oh, 60 is news 40. Yes. No, it is not. No, it's not. And I hate the word anti-aging. Yes. I love your live well, eat well, sleep well, die happy, okay? Because that's yes. all we've got. Right. 
I have to know this. I feel I probably feel the best I've felt in the last five years right now at 71. Good. I'm here now than I was at 65 because I'm not working 60 hours a week and standing on tired feet or right. eating wrong foods or, you know, just are not getting enough exercise, not getting enough quality time to think. That's what retirement I feel like has given to me is all of a sudden this quality time. But it was hard to adapt to it. But I think saying things like anti-aging is crap because yeah. if you're alive, you're aging. <laughs> and the reverse aging. I do like in closing, I want to say two things because uh, I can never close with you. This is the <laughs> always always the uh, the two hour goodbye. Say goodbye and never leave as opposed to leave without saying goodbye. Um, one thing is that, uh, you know, if you're having trouble with food and you're having trouble managing your wellness, and you can't get a handle on it, and it's one of those, I know I shouldn't do this and I'm doing it anyway, please get help. You know, reach out to uh, for a mental health professional, call your primary doctor and just say, I'm struggling. And the two organizations I can't say enough about is one of them is Weight Watchers and the other one is Overeaters Anonymous. They are two group-led uh, wellness programs you know, Weight Watchers does have a lot to sell you and they're trying to sell you programs and portion food and this and that. Just let go of that aspect of it and understand you can find a tribe and you can find camaraderie with other people. Same with Overeaters Anonymous based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, that you can go in and talk about your feelings and talk about your fears and the things that prevent you, that you get in your own way of your own wellness is what I'm saying, is you know, very, very important. That's um, perfect. And I'm going to, you know, my recap is that you probably have everything you need. Do you have right now in your refrigerator onions, a package of mushrooms, Absolutely. Some, some, some peppers, maybe some hamburger meat, maybe a chicken breast, maybe a piece of fish. It's all there. Do not scour the world for some magical pill or potion that's going to turn you around. It's, it's, it's right there in front of you. You know what we learned in the pandemic? This is very interesting. Um, so my last tips or five more tips is no. apples have tremendous immune boosting power. And so an apple a day keeps the doctor away is it's back around as my new mantra, uh, because it's, you know, you just have an apple, a pear, an orange, a banana. This is accessible stuff. You can walk into a 7-Eleven. You can walk into a gas station market and, uh, find an apple or a banana and, uh, um, of uh, an orange or fresh piece of fruit and a bottle of water and you are good to go. And so, you know, it, it lasts, it holds you. I eat a banana and an orange every day. Right. And you know, it holds me. I'm not looking for empty calories because I've had an apple and a banana. And you don't have to do anything except take the peel off. Right. Hello. <laughs> eat this meal I ever cooked. Yeah. Honey, thank you. you. We know we're going to see you again because yes, absolutely. free mm -hmm. podcast. Yes. I'm not exaggerating what did we come up with five or six brilliant new ideas i'm sure so thank you pat now if people need to reach us it's um women beyond at icloud.com we always cindy when we go to broadcast we put all the information on on our guests so you can reach out to pat and pat what's your website now so now I'm just using my name. I think it's easier for everybody. It's www.patriciagreenberg.com. Love that. Okay. So if people want to reach out to Pat, they can. Again, Pat's written 
several books and the last one is just I Pat and you know what I have to say one thing you were looking ahead because this is ex when did you start that book five years oh, ago 20 years ago okay you no, I've been at this since I but yeah for 20 years I've been working on this aging well project yes for okay. sure yep well I'm on board with you and I cannot thank you enough and thank you everyone who's been listening we've had this surge of podcast uh, downloads and we appreciate it and i thank cindy who always keeps the train on the track thank you pat and i hope to see you soon thank bye, you Denise, and thank you cindy take care everybody bye honey that was fabulous, that was fabulous wasn't it cindy